Thank you for tuning in to our Restoration Life podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the message and share it out with your friends on social media. Can't wait for you to listen in next week. Good morning and welcome to Restoration Life Online. My name is Eddie Vargas and I have the extreme pleasure of leading this amazing church that we love and call Restoration Life. I want to welcome you to our Father's Day service. If you're taking notes, I've entitled today's message, The Breaking of a Generational Curse. So before we go on any further, I just want to celebrate every dad right now and say Happy Father's Day to all of you. And I'd like to open today's message up with in prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, for all the dads that are out there that are doing what they're supposed to do. We thank you, Father, for men of God that would lead their families with character, integrity, and holiness. We thank you, Father, for everyone that's listening in today. I pray, Father, that your living word would reach all of our hearts and minds today, that it would inspire us, that it would equip us, and help us to fulfill the plan and the purpose that you have for each and every single one of us. This I pray in Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Once again, it's a pleasure to have you all with us today. And once again, I want to minister a message I've entitled, The Breaking of a Generational Curse. So what is a generational curse? Well, a generational curse involves a negative pattern that's transferred from generation to generation within the confines or the framework of the family. These are bad patterns that have been recreated or repeated in the next generation's life and they are in danger now of transferring those bad patterns to the next generation. A generational curse, once again, is believed to be passed down from one generation to another generation, specifically due to rebellious or ungodly activity. If your family line is marked by divorce or poverty or rage or anger or addictions or racism or other ungodly patterns, you're likely under what some believe and call or describe as a generational curse. But please understand with me this morning that these are actions that are carried out and enforced by bad decisions. And those bad decisions are not necessarily activated by demonic influence or activity. So I want you to hear me clearly because there are a lot of people that are out there that believe that you and I could be under a generational curse. And immediately when we think about that generational curse, we immediately think of some demonic activity or spirit that is attached or assigned to our families. Now, there might be some level of truth to that, but I want to unpack this message in a way that helps bring clarity to what I believe a general curse really is. Please understand, once again, that based on what we read in Scripture, this curse or this generational curse really is a bad decision by a parent 
or a leader or an elder in the family that has been deposited into the next generation. And now that next generation will continue to make these bad decisions and carry them out in their own life and then transfer those bad decisions or bad habits to the next generation. And here we see a generation from generation that has experienced bad things because of bad decisions. Now, I do believe that a lot of the influence is from demonic activity. But when it comes to Christians, that demonic activity has been broken by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so now we tend to start making good decisions or better decisions. And we start to translate those decisions in the way that we live, in the way that we communicate, and in the way that we train up our child or our children in the way that they should go so that when they are older, they do not depart from the Lord. That's what the Bible says. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 says this. Today I have given you the choice, a choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. And so once again, listen to what the Bible is teaching us, that life and death are found in decisions that you and I make. And the decisions that you and I make has the capacity to either curse the next generation or bless the next generation. Some people would even assert that family or generational curses are passed down through generational lines. And this belief comes from an Old Testament passage which says this in Exodus chapter 34, verse 7. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and their grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations. Now, whether or not families inherit spiritual curses, it is obvious that patterns of sin are passed down from generation to generation. So if patterns of sin are passed down from generation to generation, then patterns of ungodliness are passed down from generation to generation. So I want you to stay with me because I'm going somewhere with all of this. Because we understand that as Christians, we know that the Bible declares that everyone sins, meaning that everyone has done what's right in their own eyes and have lived outside of God's will by living in disobedience to Him. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But just as religion, culture, ethnicity, and gender steer our patterns of sin in particular directions, so do our families. We inherit traits, we inherit preferences from our parents 
there aren't always a positive influence on ourselves or in our lives or in the lives of other people. And when we inherit a bad habit or a bad belief system that negatively um, uh, affects our lives and those around us, this is known what I believe to be a generational curse. It is the shadow side of behavior passed down through the generations. So my grandfather has a bad temper, my dad has a bad temper, and I was raised to have a bad temper. Um, my great-grandfather was an alcoholic, my grandfather was an alcoholic, my dad was an alcoholic, and believe it or not, I was raised in, in, in this culture or in this system to eventually become an alcoholic. And some would call that a generational curse, but I'm here to tell you that it was one bad decision and one bad habit that was transferred to the next generation and the next generation after that and to the next generation, which I become that next generation and you become that next generation. But is it possible to break this bad cycle of suffering? Is it possible for you and I to break this bad habit or this transference of disobedience as believers today? I'm here to say, yes, absolutely. Here's the problem. Based on texts that have been taken out of context and used as pretext, it has become increasingly common for Christians to believe that they are victims of generational curses. And as such, they suppose that they have inherited a demonic transference, right, ranging from anger and alcoholism, from laziness to lust, and this is not what happens, but it can open doors to this happening in all of our lives. Scripture strictly communicates, here's my first point, that consequences and not curses are passed on from generation to generation. Now I need to make a couple of statements before we go any further. Because if I am and you are a born again believer, a Christian that has been saved by the sanctified blood of Jesus Christ, then you and I cannot be possessed by any demonic activity. Right? If I am a born-again Christian, it is impossible for me to be possessed. It is impossible for any of you to be possessed by any demonic activity. My past has been forgiven. My future is secured. It's in God's hands. You are in God's hands. And we are children of God. And because we are children of God, we are temples of God where the Holy Spirit resides. And if the Holy Spirit resides in this temple, in that temple that you live in right now, then there is no way any demonic activity can be transferred from somebody else's life into yours. First Corinthians 6.19 says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the, of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. You and I now belong to the Father. And the Father 
has inhabited this temple as his residence where he resides his presence resides in all of our lives first oh, I'm sorry Romans 8 38 through 39 says and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love neither death nor life neither angels or demons neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love no power in the sky above or in the earth below indeed nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our, our Lord so while I understand that I belong to Jesus and that you belong to Jesus I also understand and I also realize that I've lived my life the only way I've known how to live it up to the point of salvation so I am in full agreement and have experienced this truth 2nd Corinthians 5 17 therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation right the old has gone the new is here so when I gave my life to Jesus and became a born-again believer that, be that that means that all the sins of my past have been washed away I have become a new being you have become brand new now with that being laid down as a foundation of understanding I also recognize that you and I may carry bad habits bad actions bad language a bad inheritance into this new inheritance and this is where the work of the Holy Spirit and the work of repentance starts to take place in our lives because I realize that I bring with me into this new life these bad habits maybe a bad temper uh, maybe bad language maybe bad character flaws that I picked up throughout my life influenced by those that raised me those that I hung around right bad company corrupts good character right so I carry all of this old stuff into this new life and if I'm not careful I could allow this old stuff to overcome all the newness that Christ has made available to me you know my parents were very uh, were very influential in my formative years, just like all of your parents um, were very influential in your formative years. And I watched and I learned and I absorbed a lot of things from both of my parents, both good and bad. I learned that getting drunk um, and partying and fighting were just as much as part of my life as working hard, making money, being an entrepreneur um, and and having family um, as it were uh, being around a certain group of friends taught me how to view other people um, view different races uh, view um, women and drugs and the criminal scene and these friends helped shape and mold me as I know that I, I probably helped shape and mold some of them. Why am I telling you all of this? Because I need you to know that generational curses are nothing more 
than bad decisions, paternal uh, patterns and consequences that have transferred from our parents or our brothers and our sisters or our friends or our school or our culture or where we grew up and it helped develop us and helped us to become who we are today both by good and bad decisions in addition to the possibility of demonic affliction as well and so my main point for number one is this though consequences and not curses are passed on through the generations but it is a choice it is a choice listen to what the prophet Ezekiel says in Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 14 through 20 but suppose a son has a son who sees all the sins his father commits and though he sees them he does not do such things he does not eat at the mountain shrines or look at the idols of Israel he does not defile his neighbor's wife he does not oppress anyone or, re or require a pledge for a loan he does not commit robbery but gives his food to the hungry and provides clothing for the naked he withholds his hand from mistreating the poor and takes no interest or profit from them he keeps my laws and follows my decrees this is a choice he will not die for his father's sin he will surely live but his father will die for his own sin because he practiced extortion robbed his brother and did what was wrong among his people choice yet you ask why does the son not share in the guilt of his father since the son has done what is just and right choice and has been careful to keep all my decrees he will surely live the one who sins is the one who will die the child will not share in the guilt of the parent nor the parent share in the guilt of the child the righteousness of the righteous will be credited to them and the wickedness of the wicked will be charged against them what am i saying to you i'm saying to you today that you and i have a choice to break any generational curse that has been transferred from one generation to another generation and i'm here to declare to you that the generational curse stop or, or, or is broken by a decision of living holy and righteous made available only through the blood of Jesus as born again believers so it is a choice you and I have a choice we didn't have a choice to whom we were born to we didn't have a choice what color we were born we didn't have a choice with ethnicity we would have we didn't have a choice what tax bracket we would be born into, but we have a choice to make a decision to live, to live right or to live wrong. To live in righteousness or godliness or to live in unrighteousness and unholiness. Again, it is a choice. And because I chose to serve God and I chose to believe in God and I chose to surrender my life to God, the generational curse of addiction was broken by the blood of Jesus and that curse stops with me. That curse stops with Roxanne. That curse ended with me and my wife surrendering to the love of God. It is a choice. It is a decision. Now, I could allow that 
to continue into this new life that God gave me, or I could decide to break that generational curse by the blood of Jesus alone. Number two, if not stopped, a generational curse can be perpetuated to the next generation. We have to understand this today. If these patterns that we've all inherited from our upbringing, from our friendships, from our life experiences, if these patterns are not broken and, and not defeated by the presence of Almighty God Himself in our lives, by the active choices that you and I make day in and day out, we endanger the next generation to experience that generational curse. And it's on us to stop it today. Certain studies have shown that children of divorce, listen, are 50% more likely to marry another child of divorce. Why? Because of the generational curse. Certain studies have shown that daughters of divorced parents have a 60% higher divorce rate in marriages than children of non-divorced parents, while sons have a 35% divorce rate. These are decisions. These are choices. Growing up with a parent who is addicted to drugs or an alcoholic can leave lasting emotional scars on the next generation. And the research shows that children of addicts are twice as likely to become addicts and develop emotional and behavioral problems as children. This is something that's genetically transferred, physically transferred, and spiritually transferred. The research increasingly shows that children growing up in homes with alcoholic and drug abusing parents soft, often suffer greatly. The chronic emotional stress in such an environment can damage their social and emotional development and permanently impede healthy brain development, often resulting in mental and physical health problems across their lifespan. This is a serious problem. This underlines the importance of preventive intervention at the earliest possible stage. When mom and dad get saved and give their life to Jesus and stop the generational curse in its tracks and start living a life that pursues God passionately with all their heart, with all their mind, with all their strength, when we devote ourselves to God and start making good decisions, start making good choices, start implementing good habits with great language and a great lifestyle with a hard work ethic and a personal devoted relationship to Jesus, that is transferred to the next generation and that generational curse has been broken by the blood of Jesus. What about racism? We know that children don't just grow up to become racist or prejudiced. We know that children have to be taught how to be racist. We know that they need to be taught how to be prejudiced or biased against another culture or another race, another color, 
or even the police department. We know that children are taught to be racist and not prejudiced. This is a socially transmitted disease that needs to be eradicated by the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, I myself was raised to be prejudiced. I didn't know this. I didn't understand this. I don't, I don't know how it happened, but I can remember as a child um, being told by my dad that he didn't like people that were black because I invited one of my best friends over to my house for my breakdancing crew. And, and he says, you know, I don't want their kind in our home. And I was like, what do you mean their kind? I didn't even understand what he meant because all I had as friends were minorities in the community that I was raised in. And then I found out and realized that, yeah, my dad was a bit prejudiced. Yeah, that he was a bit of a racist. And even though that didn't transfer into my life, it was something that I was being taught at a very young age. You know, I remember growing up in, in, in the 80s. I'm an 80s kid, and, and uh, it was at the height of the Colombian cartel. And I remember my parents even telling me did not to tell any of my friends that we were Colombian because we didn't want to be profiled as drug dealers or, or, or members of the cartel. And so I remember this because profiling was taking place back then. And, and I remembered that, you know, even as I went to high school, most of my friends were minorities, but I had friends from every ethnic culture. And so I, I wasn't prejudiced or, or racist at all because I, I grew up in a culture that was very multicultural. And as well as my children, my children, all of their friends and, uh, are, are very multicultural. And, and so they didn't have to grow up with that racism. Why? Because it broke with me. It stopped with me because it was a decision that I made not to be racist, not to be prejudiced. And so I want to share with you today that racism and, and prejudice are something that are learned. And if they could be learned, I'm here to tell you that they can be unlearned. They can be unlearned. And they are unlearned by the power of the Holy Spirit working in all of us. How does this happen? I think it happens by repeating good, healthy patterns. Because if you repeat bad patterns, your children or your children's children will relive them one way or another. You know, in the Old Testament, we know that there was a generation that came out of Egypt, did not see the promised land because of a lack of faith, right? And, and disobedience to God. Joshua would eventually circumcise the next generation that would go into the promised land to fight for the promises of God. But remember with me that they had to renew their covenant. They had to be re-circumcised into a new covenant of blood with God. And that covenant was the condition for their inheritance. No covenant, no inheritance. Then a new era of disobedience sprang up from the children of Israel. And another generation would, would grow up to not know God and to be disobedient to God. Why? Why? How did this happen? Because they didn't raise their children or the next generation to have a relationship with God and would now end up be the ones that would pay the consequences of that because they too would not follow God either. Listen to Joshua and his words before he passes into eternity. He says this in Joshua chapter 24, 
verse 15, he says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the God of your ancestors who served, uh, who served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, this is the decision. This is the choice that we are making. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Wow, what a powerful statement. Modern Americans tend to think of our own life. And if marriage and kids are a part of the picture, we also may think of our children and perhaps our grandchildren. But it's interesting when you study God throughout the Word of God. Right? When you study out how God is in His Word, you'll find out that God always thinks in terms of generations. It's a much broader view. Here are some verses to encourage us today to think about family in terms of generations and generational influence. Gener Genesis chapter 9, verse 1. I'm sorry, Gen uh, Genesis chapter 9, verse 12 says, And God said, This is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. Genesis 17, 7. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. Exodus 3.15 Moreover God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever and this is my memorial to all generations. 2 Kings 10.30 And the Lord said to Jehu, Because you have done well in doing what is right in my sight and have done to the house of Ahab all that was in my heart, your sons another generation, will sit on the throne of Israel to the fourth generation. Esther 9.28 And these days shall be remembered and kept throughout every generation. Every family, every province, and every city that these days of Purim shall not fail to be observed among the Jews. And the memory of them should not perish amongst their descendants. Ephesians 3.21 To him be all glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. If you look at all the different um, celebrations of the of the Jews and all the festivals those are to remind every generation of the beautiful works of God from generation to generation and so when it comes to a generational curse it can be broken by the decision to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and to live out a life filled with his plan and purpose with good works that are transferred from generation to generation and so the generation after you can be blessed because you've been a blessing to your generation you can now become a blessing to further generations down your lineage these verses demonstrate an important aspect of God's character he is the Lord of history he is the ancient of days who is weaving together the stories of individuals to be passed on from generation to generation and from nation to nation for his eternal purpose. That's why Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations and teach them to obey what? To obey his commandments. Why? Because this will help you and I 
make a good decision today that could be transferred into the next generation and the next generation after that. He sees our lives in the context of the big picture. His purpose and His plan for us are greater than any individual and continues on from generation to generation. So how do we make sure to break a generational curse or a generational pattern? Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. I want to bring this to a close today. Here's my third point. A generational curse can only be broken by a decision and action of repentance and devotion to Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. A generational curse that you've carried, maybe it's an attitude, maybe it's a thought process, maybe it's an addiction, maybe it's the way that you view things, maybe it's the way that you treat your spouse, maybe it's the way that you, that you love or lack of love for your children, maybe it's your work ethic, whatever it may be. The only way you and I can break that generational curse is by making a decision today to serve God with everything that's within us by repenting from our past and turning towards God for our future. That's how we break a generational curse. Joel 1.3 says, tell your children about it and let your children tell their children and their children to the next generation. Psalm 78 and 4 says, we will not hide them from their children, telling the next generation to come the praises of our Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He has done. You and I have been charged with, we've been given an obligation to bless the next generation to the next generation. And so how do we do that? We teach our children and those that surround us to love God with everything that's within us, with all of our heart, with all of our lives, with everything that we have, with all of our passion, we teach them to be fully devoted to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's the, the most important thing that we can, we can pass on. Secondly, we train them to understand the Word of God, to study the Word of God, to build a relationship with God's Word and to be passionate about being able to teach God's Word to everyone around them. Thirdly, we teach them to have a personal relationship with God through prayer, teaching our children how to pray. And not just at night when we put them to bed, but teach them how to pray when they're going through difficult times. Teach them how to pray when they're confused. Teach them how to pray and how to go to the Word of God and use the Word of God in their prayers as they pray to be able to make good decisions and to implement good habits into their life. Fourthly, to teach them to love all of God's creation and to steward that love to the next generation and to the next generation after that. Let's teach our children 
how to love God's children. For this is the way that they'll know that we are God's disciples. I'm going to close with two scriptures. Psalms 78, 5 and 8 says, For he issued his laws to Jacob, and he gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children, so the next generation might know them, even the, even the children not born yet. And they, in turn, will teach their own children. So each generation should set, up, should set its hope on a new, on God not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. Then they will be like their ancestors, stubborn. Then they will not be like their ancestors, stubborn, rebellious, and unfaithful, refusing to give their hearts to God. This is the way that we teach our children. And lastly, in Ezekiel 18.30, listen to what the Bible says. Therefore, you Israelites, you can inject your name or your family name in that, or just put Christian in there. Therefore, you Christians, I will judge each of you according to your own ways, declares the sovereign Lord. Repent means to make a U-turn. Stop walking towards disobedience and error and repent of that error, repent of that disobedience and come back to God. Repent, turn away from all your offenses, then sin will not be your downfall. Rid yourselves of all the offenses that you have committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, people of Israel? For I take no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Sovereign Lord. Repent and live. This is, this is how you and I break generational curses. I want to encourage you today that maybe you have made some bad decisions. And maybe those bad decisions that you've made have been decisions that were made in error because of your upbringing, because of your life circumstance, because of what a parent or a teacher or a friend downloaded into your heart or spirit. And I just want to encourage you today that you can break a generational curse. I know that in my own family that there was a generational curse broken. The generational curse of divorce has been broken in my life. The generational curse of, of, of pornography and of addiction and of alcoholism and of criminality has been broken by the blood of Jesus in my life. The, 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 the generational curse of racism and prejudice has been broken in my life so that my children and my children's children can grow up godly, and blessed and purpose-filled. Why? Because they have not experienced a transference of bad decisions or a bad inheritance, but they are inheriting a personal relationship with God. They're inheriting the blessing of a father and a mother that has laid down their life for the cause of the gospel being spread to all the earth. And I just want to encourage you right now. Maybe you've made some bad decisions. Maybe you have lived in error. Even as a Christian, I want you to know that right now, that that bad decision, that, that bad habit can be broken by the power of Jesus Christ in your life right now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. And I thank you, Father, for your living word. Right now, Lord, as I pray, I break in the name of Jesus any generational curse that has been transferred from a parent to a child 
from an adult to a young person, from a friend to a friend, from a brother to a brother, a sister to a sister. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you bring healing and restoration today in the lives of all your sons and daughters. As we take up, Father, the cross, as we carry our cross, we submit to you. And we don't live for ourselves, we live for you. Lord, we will show your love to all of humanity because of the love you've shown to us. And so, Father, we thank you for today. We love you, we praise you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.